February 3rd, 2021. My name is Kellen Conley, and this is Hyphen Nation, the Barack Obama-approved World's Greatest Podcast. And with me tonight, I have a guest. See, this 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 thing happened a few months ago. Uh, it's actually been a few years ago the show started. But what had happened was there's a show called... No, let's go back to the beginning. So Karate Kid came out in 1984, and then Karate Kid 2 and Karate Kid 3, and all of our childhoods were that much greater because of this show. And then a few years ago, YouTube decided, Premium decided they were going to make a Cobra Kai show. And I kept meaning to watch it, and I never watched it. Well, Netflix did a thing a few months ago, and they're like, oh, YouTube don't want to make this anymore. So we're going to take it from you, and we're going to do another season of it. And then apparently one more season. So I finally got to watch Cobra Kai. And I was geeking out about it. And I was like, I can't wait to talk about this on Hyphenation. I just cannot wait. But then I was like, I really need to do this with someone else. So the usual suspects, Marcus isn't watching TV right now. I don't know if George has watched it. I, I didn't ask him. Uh, Handsome Baines hasn't watched it. He's too busy watching Game of Thrones for like the 50th time. Um, I don't know about Lamb either. So I didn't do my due diligence, but someone reached out to me out of the blue and said, anybody want to talk about Cobra Kai, I'm here. So my guest tonight is Melisette. How are you, Melisette? Oh, we are living the dream. How are you? I, I'm amazing. I, I am amazing to finally have you on the pod because uh, you have been such a big part of our Hyphen Podcast group lives. And now you're here on it's essentially the show to start it all, not to brag, but I'm going to brag a little bit. <laughs> well, obviously, you know what? The thing is, is I'm so stoked to be talking Cobra Kai with somebody who can really geek out on it. Because there are so many layers to this show. I started with Cobra Kai when it was on YouTube. And I had YouTube Premium. I kept telling people to watch the show and saying, you know, it's worth it, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, they, they all watch the first two free episodes and not pay for the premium and just kind of drop off. And I went to visit my parents and had my phone with me. And I was like, Dad, you got to see this. And I logged into my YouTube on his TV. And yes. next thing I know, I woke up the next morning. He's like, oh, yeah, I watched the whole thing. He watched the whole thing without you? Well, I had already seen it. I okay. was extolling the virtues of Cobra Kai to anybody who would listen. And I forced several people to watch it against their will. But now that's on Netflix, everyone's like, oh, this this new Netflix show. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to really no appreciate the whole background because this show creators went to all the networks and the only people that would let them do it the way they wanted to do it was YouTube. YouTube was right. new into the TV game at that point. They have other shows. They're not good. You know, That's even true. though they're a creative platform and I, I tried watching a bunch of them because there was all this free programming with my membership and they're, they're just not good. People have good content on YouTube, but YouTube did not produce good shows until Cobra Kai and there was a glimmer of hope that things could change but no YouTube shows I think they just gave up I don't know but yeah I don't yeah. think they're doing any shows anymore it went to Netflix now everyone's on the bandwagon and I feel like a bit of a historian here because I've been at this for years at this point and my cat is making noise stop that <laughs> cats are evil I'm yes throw that out there all evil 
You have three Y. This uh, is turned into Why Does Melissette Have Three Cats podcast. Let's go. <laughs> this is how I'm going to die. Oh. Cats. <laughs> oh, good. And watching Cobra Kai, apparently. Watching. I, I've rewatched it a few times. I have not rewatched the other seasons. I've rewatched se- season one probably four or five times just it's to really so sink it in. And my only disappointment is that they. I thought for sure we would get an Iron Eagle resurgence from season one of Cobra Kai, but that never happened. I mean, if we stick <laughs> you wanted to spin off of Iron Eagle, we all know what happened to Chappie, and that's probably one of the most heartwarming things. And that happens for Johnny, and we know Johnny's probably seen Iron Eagle seventy times. Seventy. I think that's lowballing it. It's more like maybe two fifty. Yeah, we all have our movie, but with the Cobra Kai. Definitely, I've been on it for a few years now, and I get a little aggravated when people say it's a new show, and I want to put my arm around them and be like, son, I want to tell you about Cobra Kai. But then, you know what? I know for you and for me, we were Karate Kid kids. Yes, very much so. we watched it back in the day, and when Karate Kid 2 came out, I remember being all mad about the girlfriend because it wasn't Allie, and... Being upset about it because here's a hot take. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but the girlfriend in Karate Kid Two is way better than Allie. I agree, she is totally boss. So, and I'm so glad she came back in season three. Oh, by the way, before we go any further, words. we're spoiling everything. So if you want to watch Cobra Kai spoil free, come I, back to listen to this later. I told my mom. In. My my mom said, I, I I wanna I wanna listen to this. It's like, well, you you have to catch up if you want to listen to this. My dad and my dad's in the background. I've already seen it. <laughs> okay. He's ready. He he is on the case. So season one of Cobra Kai was mind blowing. I don't think anyone expected it to to go down the way it did. Season two, when we got to the finale, I will say this. I was a little bit traumatized. That finale was crazy because you knew it was coming because Sam had made out with Miguel and Tori had seen it. And you knew like the whole season is like, and I don't know if you're familiar with the show, Jesse from Disney, but Peyton List, the actress who plays Tori used to play Emma on the show, Jesse, and she was this sweet ditzy blonde. And then she was on bunked. So seeing her play Tori on Cobra Kai and be this complete b- badass is amazing for me. And then you just knew that something was going to set her off that she had was always under the surface. Cobra Kai already had its aggression issues before crease came back into the picture. And you just knew that something was going to really go nuts and everything. And, and then when, she said, Samantha LaRusso, I'm coming for you. Like, you knew it was going to be a fight, but that was literally, that was just one of the most well done action sequences I've ever seen. And it literally was on, I was on edge of seat the whole time. I'm real mad that I watched it after I saw the trailer for season three. Or I started season one and then I saw the trailer for season three. And so I realized that Miguel had gotten had fallen and hurt himself. But even with knowing that it wasn't ruined at all. See, there, there's, there's so much I want to talk about. I, I could do this for hours. <laughs> well, that's why we're it's here. Be a two-parter. We're okay. going to keep it to a cool hour. So, we're going to try to, but I mean, we're here. I want to discuss Tori, but I want to backtrack and go okay. to Aisha. Absolutely. Aisha's departure for season three 
was yes. a disappointment. Yeah. However, I understand it. Now, what I respect about Cobra Kai is how they portray women. You don't have the Marvel problem with women in Cobra Kai. No. And women are the, you know, it's They're all right, all I'm not, not saying real life or anything like that, but you know, there, no one's creating like a special pedestal for a woman to be portrayed as a woman because we have to be sensitive to women. Like, you know, women are just being women mm-hmm. like they are in Absolutely. real life, except it's you know, in the Karate Kid verse. So I respect that about the show. Aisha was a very powerful force and I feel like there's room for her to come back. But as, you know, as, as one of the primary characters and as a black character, I can definitely see how people felt the loss because Aisha was representation. Yeah. And, yeah. That- and on top of that, I mean, she was a, a bigger girl too. Yes. And the, I guess the actress in real life has had a couple of problems. Oh, did she? Is that why she didn't do it again? Um, Nicole, Nicole Brown. Yeah. There, there were a couple of things that happened in her personal life and I don't know if that tied into it or not, mm-hmm. but I think that, there's definitely a room for Aisha to come back for sure. And to be maybe a voice of reason when things get out of control. As far as Tori goes, there's a lot of theories going on with Tori and a lot of talk. And people have already started jumping the season four saying season four is going to be Terry Silver. I don't think that's going to be the case because Terry Silver is something you pull out. Like, I think it's like a series finale or maybe at the end of season four, because I've got this whole other theory <laughs> as to where season four is going to go. Okay. Well, well, let's go ahead and jump into the theory. We, we can just pick up the pieces of, of things as we go along. I want to hear this theory. Okay. Well, there, there's speculation about Tori in Tori's story. Okay. Now I have watched the next karate kid. As, with as Julie and, uh, and she's on there with low rent Marty Janetti there. <laughs> movie, <laughs> movie where high school boys freebase pure protein and look like they're, you know, 29 years old. You know, in the 90s, I, I guess that was a thing. I, I'm not sure. But there's, there's speculation that people have said that Tori could potentially be Julie's mom. And I thought about this in detail. I'm from Boston. You know, I went through all the cliche stuff. I was like, okay, how does, how does that happen? How does Julie get to California? And Laurent Marty Janetti was going to be joining the military and Southern California does have a lot of military. So theoretically that could work, but you know, we know that this version of Tori's mom is very sickly. Yes. And, and poor. So mm-hmm. maybe low rent Marty Janetti passed away in battle or something like that. We don't know specifically, but there's definitely a way they could tie it in. Yeah. You know, and I don't see it being completely unreasonable. Unreasonable. Tori is very angry the way Julie is very angry, but we haven't seen her jump on a car. So, you know, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing. And that was actually filmed in Boston. And there was somebody who I met one time who was on the set that said Pat Morita was a dirty old man 
And not surprising. Done. He's always been a dirty old old man. He was one of the. I mean, he was a. He had comedic chops before he did Karate Kid, and he was. He's from that Robin Williams school of mm-hmm. anything kind of goes, and I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. He he threw on the accent that I'm not going to do because I'm not culturally insensitive, but. <laughs> He threw on the Miyagi accent and said, everyone talks about when Daniel wax on, but no one talks about when Daniel wax off and did the, uh, you know, arm motion for everybody so they could laugh out loud at that. <laughs> so, Yeah, a- absolutely. So you think Julie could potentially be Tori's mom? That's a potential. I see the next season involving Julie, not Terry. I, but, I definitely what think about- it's about Terry. What about Jaden Smith's character from the remake of The Karate Kid? How does he fit into all this? Does he fit in at all? According to the creators, they talk about Jackie Chan in the series. So Jackie Chan is an actor in their universe and that Jaden Smith's Karate Kid exists, but as a movie. So I think maybe they're making a sequel to the Karate Kid movie from their universe, which stars Jaden Smith. And somehow... Somehow, I mean, this isn't my perfect world scenario, <laughs> which I would mark out so hard. <laughs> but I think that that's that's how they bring in Jaden Smith. Is they they're doing like a Cobra Kai kind of thing with Jaden Smith, and he's got to do research, and he's got to kind of get back on his game a little bit, and he starts studying at a dojo, and you know, maybe it's Eagle Fang. <laughs> Eagle or Fang. whatever they're gonna call it, I don't know. S- such but, a great name. Oh, I love Eagle Fang. It's it's not Cobra Kai, but it's pretty dang good, even though the kids didn't seem to like it. Um, so sp- speaking of all uh, of all the theories and everything, and people who we didn't expect to see, obviously Pat Morita died, what within the last ten fifteen years, I believe. So he obviously couldn't make an appearance on the show. Um, what has been the biggest surprise? like appearance of someone from the original Karate Kid so far for you. Obviously you got you got Daniel, you got Johnny. They're supposed to be there. Um and then the world's been building from there. But yeah. who popped up and your your jaw just literally dropped? <laughs> My jaw dropped when the uh the original Cobra Kai crew showed up. And the yes. original kid in the background who said, ah, put him in a body bag. And when he actually died and they put him in a body bag I know and that was a little too and then he died in real life I did not even know he was sick like that yeah. well I don't even know what happened to him honestly I don't know how he passed away or if it, I'm assuming he looked rough on the show so I'm thinking he may have had some kind of illness already and then yeah. he eventually succumbed to that but that was life imitating art to the fullest yeah. <laughs> super nuts Allie expected Allie but when Allie happened it was seven o'clock on a Saturday morning, and I I, I screamed because I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. And, um, you know, woke up my daughter, and she's like, "What happened?" Yeah, you know, they thought somebody died because of my reaction, but it was it was that much of a surprise the way they brought it back. Now, I which one has been the biggest surprise for you? And I can tell you my theory of maybe who Chris was talking to on the phone at the end of the season. What makes me want to get close to someone and snuggle? Fear. Salutations, I'm Melisette, and on a frightful fret with Melisette, 
I read classic horror stories combining audiobooks and audio drama into a podcast. Come away with me into the darkness and let me make your ears tingle with a sensation of terror. A Frightful Fret with Melisette. Available everywhere podcasts are and find us at ourfrightfulfret.net. Don't forget... Oh man. Okay. Well, um, I was pretty geeked when when Allie returned to Facebook message at the end of season two, especially because Johnny was literally breaking down and <sighs> and like losing his mind. So that was pretty big. But Crease coming back in in season two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't even know what happened to that guy at this point. That actor Martin Cove, and um, yeah, seeing seeing Crease come in and then and immediately like because Johnny said he he was dead. And then when he shows up and then Johnny takes him back, like uh, we're, we're going to talk about Johnny's uh, some of the things Johnny has made mistakes he's making, but yeah. he has made, but man, taking crease in. And then I, you just kind of felt under the surface all time. Like, no, crease is a bad dude. Crease is a bad dude. There's no way that he has any kind of heart or anything. And he's shown over the past two seasons that absolutely not. He's the same crease, but Seeing him come back in the door was wild. But that then he does things that are nice. That but there's always some kind of motive for people like that. People who are that way that do nice things that defend underdogs. There's a reason behind it. And it seems like they're being nice or maybe they're changing, but there's always some sort of sinister purpose. And that's something we can come back to because we know what he did for Tori when Tori was having a hard time. So yeah. I think that, that was when, really nice. But at the same time, it's like, eh, what did he do to that poor landlord? <laughs> yeah, there's there's something else there that's going to come back as, you know, you owe me, I did this or something. Because someone like that doesn't just do it because they're kind. I think at the yeah. end of season three, when Chris was on the phone, everyone's saying, oh, he's talking to Terry Silver. I think it's possible he was talking to Snake. Oh, that's that's a character that has not come back up in the Cobra Kai universe that I think is due for a comeback. Who is a complete slime ball? You know, we call him slime ball, but <laughs> I think and and it's funny because like Karate Kid Three is probably the goofiest thing I've ever seen in my life. It is one. It's definitely the worst film. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, people Kid give Next Karate Kid a lot of crap, but it's not worse than Karate Kid Three. Yeah, yeah. Karate Kid 3 is, but, and it, it's good, bad, in a yeah. way. And Sna- Snake is in, karate, in karate Kid 3 and being ridiculous, because that's what Snake does. But then also in Karate Kid 3, you've got Robin Lively, who's got family in California. So this is someone else who might possibly pop up. I don't know what role this person could have because there was no karate it was more of a voice of reason type thing yes. and then how is daniel's wife going to feel about all these women popping up but she yeah, was you would think Allie. she would have been way worse with Allie. but but she, uh she definitely has shown herself despite how crazy daniel gets sometimes manny larusso is a pretty cool customer like yeah. she's obviously the the machine running the larusso empire well i i have to say I really dug seeing 
a woman who's not on there getting jealous, like, oh, that's my man. Because that's so (laughs) typical and so cliche, when in reality, if you are with somebody and you genuinely care about them and trust them, you're not going to have those tendencies. You get those tendencies when they give you a reason to have those tendencies. And then at that point, the relationship is probably broken. And, you know, but things are already bad. We're, we're not we're not here for psychology 101. Why not? We can just flip flip the flip it into a whole psychology 101 pod. But I mean, Mrs. LaRusso is boss and I love her and her her patience is outstanding. The fact that she's a nemesis now, but when they had that very first scene in season 3 where they had that parent meeting and someone shout out shouted out I heard you're the real enemy <laughs> i died laughing because that was directed at danny larusso and anyone who's been on the internet or on youtube has seen that so yes. more than likely laugh too but if you go back and rewatch he was a dick he he was a dick he really yes was. and he he was injecting himself in the middle of that argument like what was the purpose of like taking the radio and being like oh while they're in the middle of fighting and then that thing that he did when Johnny was in the bathroom trying trying to smoke a little yeah. Jay. Yeah, he, he's trying to be chill, and you know, here comes Danny LaRusso and, and dressed up like a shower. Yeah, so <laughs> it's 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 kind of even even in the I mean, not so much in in two twos. I mean, two's a different kind of story. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen two, but in part three. And Danny LaRusso is kind of, I mean, he's just kind of a dick. He's mean to Miyagi. Like for yeah. half the film until uh, he hurts his hand uh, working with Terry Silver. Mm-hmm. He He's uh, like, oh, you, you, you're not teaching me anything. You know, I want to be a badass. Blah, blah, blah. And Miyagi's like, go. And you, you know, and. <laughs> yeah, and he, Miyagi's like, I'm retired, dude. Yeah. He's like, Which... we're not doing the competition no more. Like, you don't need that. And he's like, I don't want to fight. So. I understand you, the whole beyond bonsai store now, like the whole get a free bonsai tree. Like now I understand that a little bit better after right. seeing right. So that does tie in. So that's kind of cool. But yes, and he just, he, you know, even in part one, he was obnoxious to Miyagi. And it's like, why didn't Miyagi just smack him or something? I don't know. But I feel like Miyagi was just. I don't want to say he, he was definitely lonely because obviously there's a part with Miyagi gets wasted in part one and because he misses his uh, wife and just, just I, how did, I don't remember how she passed away, but obviously she's not around by the time he meets Daniel son. And I think he was just lonely. And then he, he could tell that Daniel was going down the wrong path a little bit because, I mean, he was mad at his mom. He wanted to be back in New Jersey and he just saw an opportunity to possibly help this kid and then turn into a lifelong friendship for him. So um, he shouldn't have put up with any Daniel shit, but let me transition from there over to, um, have you seen how I met your mother? I haven't. I know the premise of it. I okay. basically know what happens. Some of the Barney, characters. Well, Barney Stinson, his favorite character from the karate kid was Johnny Lawrence. I've heard about, I've heard this yeah. story. <laughs> and like so the whole thing with that is obviously in our in our eyes you think karate kid and you know daniel's the hero johnny was the the dick in the first uh, movie and so on and so forth but barney would fight people saying that 
uh, Johnny was the real hero and Daniel was the bully. So they kept he they kept bringing this up every now and then. And eventually, at Barney's bachelor party, um, they had tried to give him the worst bachelor party ever on purpose. It was a whole thing. But instead of them getting Johnny Lawrence to come, they got Daniel Larusso to come, or Ralph Macchio rather, instead of William Zapka. And that just ruined his night. And then it ended up with having Daniel and Johnny reuniting on the show. Um, so to speak, and they kind of went back and forth, but then that was kind of it. And the Cobra Kai creators even admitted that um, they saw that, and that was kind of what put the idea in their head, but that that really wasn't what made them think we should reboot Cobra Kai. But seeing the very first episodes um, going in, I'm like, obviously, we were all raised that Johnny Lawrence was the bad guy in the movie. He lost in the end. But seeing how down on his luck Johnny is, and obviously Johnny has a heavy drinking problem. He loves his banquets. Um and he's just living paycheck to paycheck, barely making it, has no direction in life, a horrible dad. And you just really feel for him within that last, that first, what, 30 minutes or so that they introduce him in the first episode. And then you see Daniel in at the, whatever, Lewis Automotive, whatever they call their dealership. And he's like, hey, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, uh, chopping prices and, and crane kick and Oh yeah, this is the guy beat his ass in high school, guys. Remember that? And they're like, ha ha, yeah, yeah, Johnny. And it just brought back immediately when I saw that and how they introduced Daniel the first episode, and then having rewatched the f- first couple of movies and seeing how Daniel acted, Daniel really was a complete dick. And everything that kind of happened to him, he spurred on from Johnny. And yeah, there were times Johnny was the aggressor, but also how much of that was Crease. How much of that was his jealousy over Allie, which we now realize that he's never gotten over Allie. And obviously, I'm glad that oh, I'm going so many different places. I'll hold off on that thought. But there's a lot, though. <laughs> there is so much. But just, just seeing how the, their interactions have been and then seeing them all these years later and how they've turned out from these movies that we never thought we'd see, we'd see these characters again. It's It just really goes to show you that how it's the butterfly effect. Cause if certain things hadn't happened in karate kid part one, uh, Johnny's life could be completely different. And Daniel's life could be completely different is the point I'm trying to make. I think. Well, when you reconnect with people from that era in anybody's life, I had this conversation with somebody the other day that it doesn't matter what I do or how successful I am. Mm-hmm. The people that I went to high school with are like that chick was a weirdo. And I could be on the cover of Time magazine and they would still talk smack about how I was such a weirdo (laughs) because that's just like, that's most people. That's not just me. Most of us came from a small little town and grew up around like this cluster of people that saw us when we were all at our worst before we actually grew up. And that's just how they see us. And when they see us out of context or something like that, it's really hard for them to, to register. And we, we all have those people that we've encountered. There's a couple of folks who I've ended up being in contact with. And when you're discussing it with someone else, it's always like, hey, do you remember the guy who blah, blah, blah? And it's not, it's, it's never like, oh yeah, I saw so-and-so and it's this one. But you always have to relay some awful story about how you would remember X, Y, or Z, which is terrible, but I think that everybody does it because that's how we remember. Yeah. 
the creators of the show definitely took that to heart because when you put people like that in a situation where they have to be together, they're going to revert. It's just human nature. And no, that's a, that's what they've done this whole show, Daniel and Daniel and Johnny. Like every time you think, okay, this is it. They're, they're bonding. Like when they were at the bar drinking, or when they they had the double date, um, and you you see them getting along so well and everything, and it's like, okay, they're finally going to start not wanting to kill each other every time we see each other, and then something happens, and then yeah. it just instantaneous, like, oh, well. Robbie likes you better. And he's like, well, that's because you're a crappy dad. And he's like, what'd you say to me, Russo? And then they're, they're ready to fight again. Allie is the first person who kind of cracked it. And they're like, if you guys would just stop with all the pretenses and just actually talk to each other, you'd realize how much alike you are. And as you saw at the end of season three, it looks like finally we're getting Miyagi Eagle. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do about the name. It's yeah. Miyagi does kind of like it always sounded kind of goofy to me. And it's like, well, no. But then Yeah. I don't know. So it's gonna be Eagle Doe, I mean Fang Doe. I I don't know, but I am really excited about that. And I marked out pretty hard when everyone kind of got back together. Because it, it was really cool. It was really cool. Kim- so, they're broken, like each character is broken in their own way. And I kind of love that because that really does bring people together. And you guys hear that whole thing, damage attracts damage. And to an extent it does, but a lot of times when you find people that have those commonalities, that's kind of what starts the healing process. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a big part of, of uh, healing that you, you, you find a commonality, like you said, and then you eventually move past your differences. Some people can't ever do it, but... For most people, if they're rational, then you they can get to they can uh, everybody can start over, and I think that's what a lot of this show is actually about. But since we're talking about how everybody's come together um, at the end of season three, can we talk about my man Hawk in season three, please? Oh yes, that was hard <laughs> to watch because I I love Hawk. Yeah, Hawk is amazing. Hawk is a, a great character. He like. Even like when they first introduced Eli and Dimitri, like you knew like oh they're getting bullied and everything and 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 then Miguel joined up with Cobra Kai obviously and then Dimitri did and they couldn't hang and then Hawk stayed and then and Johnny kind of bullied him into like hey you need to uh, I'll call you Lip Kid or whatever the hell he was calling him it was something horrible <laughs> he's yeah. like I'm gonna call you Lip Kid and everything and then he's like and then he's like I'm gonna get this Mohawk and seeing Hawk's transformation. Over the over the course of um, the first season to about, eh, I'd say pretty much to mid season, uh, season two, the beginning of season three, it it, it was rough because you were you were rooting for the kid. I mean, he literally was this kid who had the 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 lip the lip injury since he was a child, and everybody picked him up for it, and then he's made himself into this badass. But he's everything that he used to hate. Yeah, it was. Again, like I said, that was that was a really difficult thing to watch because it's like it's like when you're watching wrestling and your favorite character does a heel turn. Mm. It's the same principle. And when that happens, it's it it just guts you a little bit. And you're like, oh, and, you know, eventually everyone takes some kind of heel turn in 
a show or, you know, well, in wrestling they do, but, um, you know, what happens on a show is the same kind of reaction. Usually on a show, there's not redemption because if someone takes that turn, that's kind of their path for the rest of the series. So it was nice to see that when they did it, they were dedicated. They stuck with it. And Hawk was a true heel. But then at the end, when things came around and we saw Hawk classic, that really made the viewer feel really good and brought out the warm and fuzzies. Kind of like when your heel turns back into a baby face. Is this similar kind of reaction? I have a lot of professional wrestling related emotions to this series because we'd see a lot of that play out because wrestling is just athletic theater. Yeah. And, you know, 100%. this is Cobra Kai's athletic theater in a way, right? Yeah, I think so too. Um, but when he broke Dimitri's arm, man, uh, like that, that whole scene was very, um, I, it really brought out my anxiety because Sam's over there freaking out because Tori fucked her up. <laughs> and then um, like just, it was like maybe a couple months ago that all that happened. And then Tori's in there calling her out and then Hawk's got Dimitri over there and she, all she has to do is move and she can help him. And then Hawk's just like, you know what? And I was like, that was like the point of no return for Hawk. It really was. But then when Hawk looked back and he saw what he had done to his friend, I was like, okay, there's a chance. There's a chance that he they might redeem him. And when they're all at the LaRusso's house, and again, another great set piece to end a big action sequence to end season three with the big old fight at the LaRusso's to have all that happen um, and have Hawk be fighting on the side of Cobra Kai. And then for the switch to just flip, he's like, you know what? Eh, I miss my friends. This isn't what I signed up for. And to him to come to Dimitri's aid and get to see them kicking ass together. Cause Dimitri sucked. He sucked at karate <laughs> and he's come such a long way. So, so that, that was absolutely heartwarming. And I, I can see where you get the pro wrestling comparisons because again, there's been so many times that I felt like Daniel was being a heel. There's been times Johnny's been heelish. Crease has been, was kind of a, a fake baby face a little bit, but now obviously he's the full on heel. So lots of turns, um, twists and turns throughout the whole series. Yeah, because at, at the end of season two, it like the, the, there were there was a lot of emotions with that because it was just so dark and so evil mm-hmm. as far as where it went. And when you're watching a series. You don't ever want to see a finale like that. No, it's because then you know we're just lucky the show didn't get canceled. Oh my god! Yeah, can you imagine (laughs) if it hadn't got picked up and then we never find out what happened to Miguel or anything like that? That would have been just rip my rip my chest out of my rip my heart out of my chest. That's what I'm trying to say. I must have ripped my chest out of my heart, but you know, same difference. Same difference. (laughs) Now that it's a hit, though, I think I think we're gonna probably get we're gonna get at least two, maybe three more seasons out. Oh, you think we're getting that many more? Well, it's at some point it has to end. Yeah. But and for if we're looking at the next season, what what year are they in? It's funny because they're all like twenty four, twenty five, playing you know sixteen year olds. Yeah, obviously, or or sixty year olds playing what 
40 year olds at this point. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Because I think Ralph Macchio is 22 when he first started in the Karate Kid. Mm -hmm. And he looked like he was about 15. <laughs> He he definitely looked younger than what he actually was. Um, I was really I, shocked to find out that Mary Mouser was 24 years old. I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> wow. See, it's it's Hollywood's always trying to fool people. That's what that is. Yeah. Uh, so I think there will be one more season, honestly. If it, they might be able to do two, but at this point, you got Daniel and Johnny on the same page. How many times can they go back to the well of having them be mad at each other? Because I feel like if they do that, I feel like it has to be to a point where, um, you know, it's like they're they're really mad at each other. Like they've always been mad at each other, but it's like they've been able to. There's moments they're able to be cordial and stuff in public and things like that. But I feel like something really has to happen where it looks like these two dudes really hate each other straight up and down, and then they reunite for like the big series finale is the only way I feel like you can break them up now because they it's time for us to see them work together. I completely agree with that. But what I'll say is, and we know we're getting one more season. I think th three, three is stretching it. I can see it going for maybe two more at the most, but what I think they're doing, I think they're setting up a karate kid universe. And that we're going to get other shows from this. We might get like a prequel series with Crease. We might get a spinoff series of Dimitri and uh, Hawk being in college. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but Captain, like a Falcon and a Winter Soldier kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's one thing we're learning from Marvel is that anything is possible. You're, you're not kidding. Um. We can save WandaVision for another time. <laughs> yeah, I was really excited. I was really excited for a second because I thought tomorrow was Friday and then I realized it's only Thursday. So got to wait two more days before I can get my WandaVision fix. <sighs> um, going back to Crease and the theory about Snake being the guy on the phone. What about the pictures of the guy he was in the army or in the military with? Um, wouldn't that, that Terry's one of those guys? We know Terry Silver's one of those guys, and I think that there's another guy because he's that's the whole thing in Karate Kid 3 was Terry Silver saying, He saved my life, he saved my life, and then we have that whole sequence where he saved the guys in the POW camp. Oh, you know? yeah, oh, yeah, okay, okay, that, that that's right. So, um, I knew I missed that part in Karate Kid 3, okay, okay, my I bad, know. I sound like an idiot, but okay, no, no, not at all. <laughs> No, it's it's actually a pretty easy mistake if you're if you're not fresh on Karate Kid three like me. I, I finished it finally at uh, you know nine twenty p.m. this evening. Oh nice! <laughs> Trying to watch it for three days, but um, with commercials, thanks IMB TV, whatever it is. Hey, it's free. You watch it for free. Exactly, but um, yeah. So, I mean, it's entirely possible that. He was talking to Terry Silver, but I I don't know. I feel like Terry's a bigger gun to pull out and that these people that make this show don't want it to be so obvious and they still have surprises up their sleeve. Do, is Terry really a bigger gun, though? Can, why do you think that? Because just because 
we know that Terry was a badass, obviously. And but in the end of Karate Kid Three, Daniel beat uh, won the tournament again. He um he won the All Valley, and that's kind of in the movie. Like, what makes what is it about him that makes you feel like he's a he's a bigger gun? Okay, so this is someone who's rich, powerful, charismatic, and can make things happen with the flick of a wrist. It seems strange to me that he was so invested in Crease's personal life. <laughs> it was really a little bizarre. Like, okay, you just go to Tahiti now. <laughs> what? Like, very random. But I think that if you're looking at the current climate in the world, we're in like a post-Trump era, and we saw someone who was known as rich and powerful and charismatic take on a very important role in the country. And, you know, they've stepped away from that now. And, you know, we like we we've actually, you know, and, and I, I hate that a lot of shows are taking that Trump page because at this point it's almost old. <laughs> yeah, we lived through it for the last four years. <laughs> but and, and then it kind of took that turn in like Wonder Woman 84, you know, and like there's been a couple other things where they've kind of gone that route. Mm hmm. So maybe that would be too predictable. I don't know. But we know that people like that with money, that have personality and charisma and time on their hands have other things to do and things that they can get involved with. You know, they've got nothing else going on. I mean, your business is in the business of making money. So you don't really need to be involved because you've already built it up and you can just sit back. So what's left for someone like Terry Silver? politics i mean maybe some kind of big time lobbyist congressman maybe he's the next person to run amazon yeah exactly <laughs> we don't know who that next person's going to be my uh angel tried to tell me the other, the other day she's like the guy who runs amazon stuff down like who and she's like jeff bezos i was like nah and she starts reading is like he's chosen to take this executive role i'm like he ain't leaving amazon <laughs> and he's he's still in there he just don't he just changed titles He's just restructuring. That's all he's doing. Taking the pressure off himself. Yes. So, and we know in Karate Kid 3 that Terry has like some sketchy business dealings. He's talking about dumping waste. Yeah, I forgot about that angle. The, conducting the... business in a bathtub. <laughs> I'm going to. Very Scarface. Very Scarface. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all need to take a page from that from now on when we're going to have a meeting, just invite everybody into the bathtub. Make can, I mean, it's like really C coming soon. Uh, it's even podcast group uh, episodes from the bathtub. <laughs> full video, full so, video only. There's there's just a lot of odd things and directions you can go with that. So yeah. if I'm the yeah. creators, I'm going to probably dig into that. Like maybe you got into some trouble. And found some kind of redemption, but at his heart, he's still a jerk. I don't know. Yeah. It's that that that's kind of the beauty of it, though. Is you can speculate, and you don't really know how or when they're going to do it. And whereas in other shows, we speculate, and we're exactly right, and we're kind of excited, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, that's predictable. So I don't know if if you're writing the series, what's your take on it? 
<sighs> um, I I can't. I I would like to see them switch it up, like you said, and bring in somebody that's not Terry Silver. Because now that you've described them that way, because he's he was such an afterthought to me, just because I've written off Karate Part, Kid Part Three so much in my entire life. It's like okay, Daniel gets mad at Miyagi, and then he breaks his hand, and they make up, and then he wins All Valley. That's kind of like the whole movie. And there's and there's bonsai trees, and. <laughs> Isn't that the one that had the the Chicago song? I am the man that will fight for your own. or was that was that's that uh, two? That's two, two. Okay, <laughs> yeah, because that plays at, at the end after. After Daniel beats Chosen, and shout out to my man Chosen for coming back, and same with uh Kamiko um in the Right Path episode in Miyagi Do. That was really awesome getting to see him because i was like they're sitting there and chosen looks just he just looks a little older he's just staring down daniel and she Kamiko's like i invited him i'm like you did what <laughs> and, and so cool though yeah that that was really awesome and then having getting to find out that um chosen's uncle taught him like obviously schooled him the ways of miyagi though and had taught techniques on that miyagi never extended to daniel and getting to see those scenes and Daniel training again. And uh, let me just say, Daniel picks stuff up so freaking fast, man. Like that was like a couple hours. And then we're seeing him use that on crease at the end of the season. And it was flawless. And that was one of the reasons, obviously why he was the karate kid and won the all Valley in the first movie. But still, even with all of that, Daniel really is quick when he wants to be, but he's also super hard headed and stubborn. <laughs> Um, I completely lost my point because I started talking about Chosen. Oh, about back to Terry Silver. So Terry Silver, he might be the only logical way, but then if you're going Terry Silver, you like how do you go to a season five after bringing in Ter- Terry Silver unless that's yeah. why that's why I think that's why I think next season is not Terry Silver. I think that the people who make this show already know how they're like have an idea of how they want to end it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the network's going to want at least another season or two, right? Because it's a big hit. Why wouldn't yeah. you? So yeah. I, I really think that next Karate Kid is the playbook for the season that's coming out. Okay. Because um, that I'm... that will throw everyone off the scent. As and it should. It, it, it could set things up. But the thing is, how do you, t- how do you tie that in? I mean... I, I thought about my possible, you know, military thing and stuff like that. Well, one, do you, if you can get Swank to come back, like, I don't even know how much she's acting right now. Like I've like, since she won her Oscar, the Clint Eastwood movie, like years ago, I feel like I've seen her less and less. And of course she was in PS. I love you. And she's been, I mean, caking off of that for years, I guess. Cause that's one of those movies that's always freaking on. Um, not taking anything away from Hillary Swank, but like if you can get Julie back and not make her Tori's mom, because that would really suck to see see her in the bed and like you know her be really sick. I mean, it and we already saw one healing process happen with Miguel this past yeah, year. That I, can, can I? Yes, let's get can into I talk it. about that for a second. Yeah. All right. I loved that on so many levels because. I had a similar experience where I I I woke up from a coma. You were kicked off a balcony. <laughs> Luckily my back was not broken, but 
Thank God. I, I, I woke up. I woke up from a coma, and there all this talk about like, you know, well, we, you know, we got to teach you to walk. I'm like, oh, come on, come on, this is stupid. And I kept giving the nurses and everything a hard time. I'm like, I can walk, I can walk, and they're like, okay, you can walk, then walk. And I, <laughs> I'm in the bed, and I turn, and I put my feet on the floor, and then I get on my feet, and then immediately collapse. <laughs> So uh, the fact that they did that, because I've seen a lot of movies where there's someone who wakes up from a coma and then all of a sudden, like, you know, they're like running because they're in danger or something like that. Like or Kill Bill. Watching Kill Bill. Yeah. Yep. Move your big toe. But um, all <laughs> of that muscle is atrophied, not moving. So I really liked that they portrayed that and they didn't try to make it some unbelievable thing, even though that's what you see all the time. And, and most people don't actually know that when you wake up from a coma that you you can't move right because your your body has literally shut down completely yeah you're learning how to walk again you're learning how to use your fingers in some cases you're even learning how to talk because you, you haven't spoken your your voice has lost all its range and, yeah yeah and if you had to have a breathing tube or something you've got vocal cord damage and you're going to sound different and Ooh. there's a lot that plays into that so I was really excited that they did due diligence when it came to him waking up and not like waking up and all of a sudden like just hitting the ground running. So that was yeah. very cool. Um, and also Johnny and Miguel's relationship is easily one of the best relationships on the show. They do a really good job with him and him and Miguel. And then Daniel's relationship with Sam is also excellently portrayed. Can we talk about who gets ne completely neglected though? Like we saw him barely in season one and we saw him what a total of one time in season three. Um, Sam's younger brother. Where is that kid? He showed up when she, when she first got Miyagi do back together this season and mm -hmm. they were training without Daniel. And then Amanda walked out on him. She's like, I told you mom, she was training and shout out to my man. He's grown into his body a little bit. He's lost the lost the kid weight and everything. He's looks like a little teenager, a little preteen, but uh, that's literally the only thing he does the entire season. The, like he's seriously, it's like any other time it's like, he doesn't even exist rather than the fact when Daniel's like, the kids are with my mom or something, or I forget when they went and saw his mom, but something was going down. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So like they just completely cut him. Look, we can't remember his name. He's, he's so not important. Um, Anthony, it, it, it no. Uh, yeah. Or Anthony's the older one. Um, mm. he's the one that, uh, tried to beat up Johnny and uh, oh, failed miserably. The, the cousin. Yes. The cousin. Cousin. I like the cousin character. Because there's Samantha, there's Daniel, there's Amanda. No, okay, Louie is the cousin. Anthony is Anthony the, the son, yes. He didn't even get, he was a recurring character in seasons one and two, and he was just a guest on season three, according to the all-knowing Wikipedia. Because he literally was in one scene. Like, what was he doing that was so bit Like, I know he, he doesn't do karate. He was an annoying little kid the first couple times we saw him in the first early seasons. Like, I want to watch TV. And Daniel's like, why don't you go outside and, and paint the wall? He's like, I'm not doing karate. I want to play Animal Crossing. <laughs> and then that would be it. And then Amanda and Daniel look at each other like, well, we're going to be those parents. So I, I 
I think he deserved better, but he was really annoying. So I'm glad we saw him less in season three. <laughs> but back back to where I was saying though, Miguel and Johnny do have a really special relationship. Yeah. And it's really cool to see literally stuck in the 80s Johnny learn from Miguel while Miguel's learning from him. And they're literally growing up together because Johnny has done a ton of growing up throughout this whole series so far. Which is really nice to see. And that's that's really what life is like. I mean, you're in your 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 daughter's gonna get older and yeah. start showing her stuff at some time. Yeah. It's like wow. In in some ways you the kids are reboots. <laughs> yes. And they'll they'll do things that are so much like you that it'll freak you out. But mm-hmm. um yeah already. We we definitely learn from them and it's nice that you no know, Johnny didn't get to do that with his own son, that he's having that redemption and gets to fill that role for somebody else. As far as Robbie goes, I mean that's that's a that's a sad scenario. <laughs> And I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about a meme that I saw about somebody who was thirsty. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it was like, um, you know, it, it had Robbie and it was like father figures and like, you know, a raging river or something and like Robbie, like dipping his head in it type thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's, that's someone who's seriously got some daddy issues and it's sad. But at the same time, it's, you know, when, when do you step away from that as a man? Because a lot of men have issues with their parents in some yeah. capacity. Absolutely. So at some point, when you get to a certain stage in life, you, I mean, maybe you just always have that pain with you, but when do you stop seeking that out? And at some point, would you maybe seek something like that out more is a relationship not is for someone to fill that role but maybe you look for that nurturing in a partner i think he tried that and then obviously it kind of it didn't so much backfire but it's just that sam got drunk she made out miguel he found out about it during the fight at the school and then he accidentally kicked Miguel off. Well, not accidentally. He meant to kick Miguel. He didn't mean to kick him off the balcony. And then everything went downhill from there. But here's a hot take. As much... I want to like Robbie. As I really want to like Robbie. I do. And he has a lot of great moments. But I'd have to say, out of the, the main cast, he's easily the worst character on the entire show. And and Daniel's right there next to him, because Daniel does a lot of crappy things for me. Um, yeah. But Robbie just... <laughs> yeah, Robbie just seems like so much, woe is me. And, and I get it, man. Like, my mom's a drug addict. She never pays attention. My dad's an alcoholic. He's never paid attention. I'm running with these bad guys. Oh, Here's the shining beacon of light. Uh, Mr. LaRusso, he wants to teach me karate and his family's taking me in and everything's good and everything. And and I'm kind of falling for his daughter and, and stuff and things like that. And it's like, 
okay, you're learning, you're getting the love that you've always wanted, but then you're just so determined to hate your father at every single turn that you literally let this ball of rage in the bet in your in your heart just consume everything at the end of, at the end of every sentence for Robbie it's um yeah but my daddy didn't love me and that so I'm it, it, it does that's the end all be all for him and to see him not get a chance to grow throughout three seasons from it even though they've tried at times but they've always knocked him back down and in season three. Robbie was kind of barely in it. He had a lot of the prisons, the juvenile scenes, which is fine. He met up with Crease. Uh, of course, <laughs> Johnny chose Miguel over going to see him because of Carmen. Well, actually, Carmen's mother asking him to stay right when uh, they're doing Miguel's surgery. So Johnny was really stuck in a rock and a hard place there. Yeah. And he chose Miguel. That was probably one of the toughest decisions and one of the ones where it's like, okay, Johnny, I get why you did that there versus there being other times where he's obviously chosen Miguel over Robbie for no reason at all other than the fact that he's ha- he's able to have this fresh start with Miguel that he's never gotten to have with um, Robbie. And it, and then with, to see him at the end, and again, another badass fight between Kreese and Johnny and Daniel at the end of the season outside Cobra Kai, inside Cobra Kai, inside Cobra Kai, outside Cobra Kai, and then to have Miguel and Johnny show up, or Miguel and Sam show up to kind of break it up. And Robbie be involved, and it's like, one, I thought for for real they were going to stab Johnny. I really thought they were going to put us on the cliffhanger that Johnny was going to die, possibly, um, when that side came out. And then they they faked this out with, oh my God, did Johnny accidentally kill Robbie when he slammed into the locker because Johnny Robbie wasn't moving. So many Johnnies and Robbies right now. And then for the fight to be over, and then obviously Crease is like, you can sleep on our floor, you know, we'll, uh, we'll love you, blah, 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 blah. And Crease is just manipulating them so well. And then they're like reaching out to Robbie and Daniel and Johnny are like, look, this guy's crazy. You've seen it. And then Robbie's just like, you need to get out of here. <laughs> it's like, God damn, it, God damn it, Robbie, stop. And sometimes I kind of, Wish I could just reach through the TV and smack Robbie. It wouldn't do any good, man, because you know why? Because his daddy, daddy didn't love, love me. him, that's why. Samantha didn't love me. Ugh. My mommy but didn't you know. love me. My mommy got me arrested. Mr. LaRusso got me a, a way better deal than I would have gotten if I had, had got caught without him. But you know what? My daddy didn't love me. But we all know that person. Yes, yeah. like that, yeah. and 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 that that's the worst part about it is we all know somebody who is a grown adult that is still hung up on all that crap. Yep, it's always like oh, you know, and we we call them Eeyore behind their back. <laughs> every time you talk to them, it's like oh, you know, you see the phone ring, and you know maybe you pick up one out of every ten times. Because you know you have to talk to them, but you also know when you have that conversation, it's going to be like, oh, crap. No. Yes. Yeah, we, we have all been there. Absolutely. <laughs> we all know that person. And Robbie is that person for all of us. Oh, Robbie's Robbie. calling, do you take the call? Oh, I don't really want to, but if I have to. Um, Shout out, though, to um Tanner Buchanan, though, because... Um, for as much shit as I give Robbie, I think he does a, a great job um, 
in that role because I mean he's had to play I mean he's had to play the trouble kid and all of a sudden he's he's like the new LaRusso kid. He's the new uh new kid getting mentored and he almost wins the tournament. And then season two he's like, Oh, he gets a girlfriend and things are going well and he's still not getting attention from Johnny, but you know what, things are okay and then the whole fight breaks out and then this season was just like like, oh I'm I'm Billy Badass now and I got a haircut and <laughs> I I want to like Robbie, and it's not that I hate Robbie's character. Um, Manny makes it difficult. You're rooting for him, though. But like, can I ask you a serious question? Yes. Okay, Jack. This is a we should do this again sometime podcast ad take one. In a world where laughter was king. No, in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no, in a world? It's not that kind of podcast. In a land that. No, in a land either. In a time. No, I don't think so. In a land before time. Jack, this is a cartoon movie, and we may get to it if you use that. Uh, can you say We Should Do This Again Sometime was hosted by Kat Chinetti and V. Mark Rob, please? One man. No. When your life is no longer your own. What, what does that mean? When everything you know is wrong. Okay, bro, that's enough. We Should Do This Again Sometime with Kat and Mark coming to a podcast app near you. Someone get this guy out the booth, please. No, I like it in here. Because it's looking like him and Tori are going to be a thing. Yeah, obviously. And, and I I just hate that. I hate it. It's like... It cheapens Tori's character. It's bad. It cheapens Tori's character because now you're just having her hook up with whoever whoever the head male is of Cobra Kai. It's kind of like Meerkat Manor. And yes, I've been watching a lot of Meerkat Manor lately. I don't know why, but you got your alpha female and your alpha male. And so with Tori at being the alpha male of Cobra Kai, it's like, okay, well, you, you're the best guy student here. It's only right that I, I get with you now. And I really feel like there's more that they could do with her character, but they just haven't had the time. So I hope that season four kind of opens her up more beyond I have a sick mom and I have to work to make that to kind of make ends meet and my life sucked and I've been in juvie and I'm also this badass who kind of is the best, the best student in Cobra Kai now um, next to Robbie at this point. So I really feel like there's more to her than just I'm the high Cobra Kai girl who hooks up with the best, the best male student. So I, I don't love it. Peyton List is a really good villain. She is. She gets that sneer going, man. She's like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, you're just ready for her to to mess some mess some shit up. But it it would be nice to see a little more depth. And I know they got into it a little bit with you know the sick parent mm-hmm. and taking care of the little brother. But I don't know. I mean, some someone who's got to work. And all that other stuff, you know, they don't, they don't have time for boys. They don't have time for anything except that stuff. So, eh, realistically, I don't. But we're also talking about teenagers. True. And so we're not, we're not going to use logic or apply that to them. And she seemed to have plenty of time for Miguel in season two. So yes. maybe when there's a boy around, she just spends a little less time at home. Less time working, but I, I don't love it again. But I don't really love what was done with Robbie's character 
that's what it is. It's it's season three, Robbie, that has kind of got me down on him a little bit because you it was very predictable where he was going, especially once Crease stepped into the picture. And I I I kind of hated at the end when after uh, Samantha and Miguel broke up the fight, and then Chris is like, I know how we'll settle this, and I was like, Let me guess, the karate tournament, the All Valley. I'm like, Come on! <laughs> I love that people who have lived rich lives and have traveled the world are so focused on the All Valley tournament. Yes. Like what? It's that's all like, about the All Valley. That's like me, uh, you know, like think, thinking about how I'm going to go back to the Strawberry Festival in Everett, Massachusetts. <laughs> I don't think they even have it anymore. But <laughs> it's like, you know, I something needs to happen so. annually. It, you know, it's like, you know what? This is, you know, and I, or like I know, I know here where I live now, they, they do a town day. And there's like a little fair and stuff like that. And every year it's all anyone talks about because the only thing that happens here. <laughs> like there, you know, there's town day and then there's the, the fair that they do in the town center where they shut everything down. Mm-hmm. But up a Ferris wheel, and it's very nice because the kids have fun and there's cotton candy and rainbow popcorn. So maybe that's what the All Valley represents to them, but um at the same time you've lived in the same place your entire life yes you'd be like you know what i think i would like to see other things and right. not all valley but there's also an element of tradition too so <sighs> you know tradition that's, that's the other thing it's like they're really play, tapping into people's nostalgia yeah, so, so if I don't do feel like you have to at this part, point, but I mean, other than that, yeah. I guess they could just fight to the death, and that would be kind of, it'd be uh, climatic, but it'd be uh, wouldn't be exactly what we're all hoping for. You know, Let's have these children fight our battles for us. That's that's a better option. <laughs> maybe the All Valley tournament turns into a food truck festival. Ooh, I mean, I, I love a good food truck. You know, and it's like a cook-off now, and. <laughs> No, we don't need karate anymore. Can you see Johnny? He's like, he's like, he's like, you don't need that pussy karate anymore. You need to learn how to make make a quesadillas. Let's go, Miguel. He makes his own dough. Use your best. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yes, Sensei. Yes. <laughs> and then Robbie's over there. My dad never taught me how to make a quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's oh, right. Wow. Chris is here, and he's going to show you how to make a steak on the grill. So, um, Mel, what would you say is um, we've talked a lot of, about a lot of different things so far in the in this episode. But we stayed on topic ninety percent of this conversation. We're definitely talking about Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it, it, what what's, what's happening about us is you normally. <laughs> is I normally have rambled for like 10 minutes at a time. And then you're like, yes. And then back to this, you're like, you're the one centering this whole episode. So, so kudos to you. <laughs> or am I enabling? Uh, a little bit both. I think anybody who does a podcast with me is enable, enabling me a little bit. <laughs> I uh, feel like I've, I've done more talking than you and it's your show. Oh, well, good. I'm glad, I'm glad you feel that way. Cause I feel like <laughs> I've done most of the talking. So obviously we're, we're both doing our jobs correctly. Yeah, now the, now our friends are going to roast us when they hear that, and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, we're going to time them and see who talked more." Marcus will end up doing it. I'll get a message <laughs> at like two a.m. one random morning, like, "So I listened to the episode, and uh, 
So Melisette talked for an amount of 35 minutes and 62 seconds. You talked for 36 minutes and 17 seconds. Therefore, you did your job, bro. (laughs) That's the worst Marcus impersonation ever. But we get a roast Marcus. Okay, first of all, you got us all invested in the hair and, you know, look what he's done. My man still look good. He He looks good. He had that hair for a very long time, though. He's the hyphen podcast group heartthrob. And he always will be. That Aww. is that is the Marcus rule. Oh man, I'm going to cut that out. He's going to hear that and be like, "Oh hell yeah!" He gonna, like, <laughs> that's going to be his next sound bite. You know, that wait, wait for the next promo. There's, that's going to have that sound bite to it. But I, I, I think Marcus is boss. We love Marcus. But Marcus got burned out watching TV, which. <laughs> That's because him and Kat have to watch six, uh, three yeah. movies every every week. And they have to, they're, 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 they watch, they're getting ready to watch like the four-hour Justice League Zack Snyder cut. Like, God help them. Oh, God help them all, yeah. I don't know God if Mark is watching this. I can't wait I, to get this episode on Thursday. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I always look forward to it when I listen to the episodes, and I learn a lot. Yes. And... Like with that, I, I'm gonna let them watch that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I'll eventually get around to it. It's it's not a priority, um, but what it is what is a priority? I'm gonna bring us back to topic now. Is um, what would you say is one of your, if not one, the favorite moment out of the entire series so far? Of Cobra Kai, not Justice League, because that because you obviously no. haven't said that. No. No memories of Justice League for me. Uh, favorite moment. You know, it could be I anything, love... obviously. When, when Chris took out a restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, it's like, okay, that, that is such a, a mark move. You know, and, and I love that that asshole. happened. I, I definitely think it's that. I love that Amanda LaRusso is Chris's nemesis and that he took out a restraining order on someone who poses like zero physical threat to him. It says you assaulted <laughs> him. Yeah. And, and Daniel's like, there's no way. And then she's like, her her face is priceless. He's like, well, you know, you were in Japan talking to your ex again. Well, that's before Allie talking to your ex and learning new moves. I went over and slapped the taste out of his mouth, which he totally deserved, obviously. That that was really that was pretty awesome when when they when she found that out. I I thought from the trailer for season three, I thought that was Allie that was in Cobra Kai. I only watched it one time, but I thought Allie showed up at Cobra Kai and was confronting Kreese somehow. And I was and I was really hyped up for that moment. I was like, I don't know why she's there, but that's crazy. <laughs> she's probably like, you ruined these two men's lives. And you they, you got them still fighting each other. And then it, when I realized it was Amanda, it was still a super awesome moment because all, a lot of season two Amanda was her saying, I don't think you should have this dojo, Daniel. I don't think it's the best idea. We're not selling cars, and I feel neglected. Um, you know what? I'm not going to stay here. The kids are with your mom. And it's like they 
re- reconciled in the back of a car or limo or whatever it was. And I was happy. I didn't think we needed to see Daniel, the divorcee. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad that they're not going that route. Like yeah. That. But to see her step into that role and see what Daniel has seen for years about Cobra Kai and her not seeing it on the level of the same way he does. Cause it's always been Cobra Kai, bad, Johnny, bad, crease, bad. And she sees it as crease bad, not necessarily Cobra Kai. She's actually seeing, seeing it for what it is and that he's the whole villain of the piece versus it being just about Daniel and Johnny's blood feud. And it, which a lot of the first season and uh, most of season two was about, uh, she really sees at the heart of the mat. At the end of the day, it's Crease who has driven both of these men and now these kids in the valley to all of this violence. That like karate is supposed to be something you learn for fun, for defense, and he's literally making a little army out of these teenagers. And seeing her take Daniel's side in that way was really cool for me. So I loved um, her character in season three a lot, way more than I did the first two seasons. Yeah. The first two seasons, I mean, I. And she she was all right, but th- this season it was like yes. I got um I don't know if you're familiar with Breaking Bad. Have you watched Breaking Bad? A little bit. Okay, um I'm sure you've heard how most Breaking Bad fans the first time they watch it they're like they hate Skyler who is um Walt's wife and mm-hmm. Walt of course is the, the the teacher who's making the meth and it's like oh I hate Skyler Skyler's such a bitch blah 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 and I felt that way too when I when my first watch through because it's like you know Walt's just trying to do what he's trying to do for his family you know blah 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 and eventually realize Walt's not and when you watch it a second time it's like okay Skyler's not so bad I got that kind of vibe with Amanda uh, the first two seasons with man Amanda's always trying to step on Daniel's toes and and whine about things like he's just trying to make uh trying to make these kids uh, fight back against Cobra Kai because obviously Kreese is going to make a move and stuff like that. But seeing the creators realize that they didn't want to take her that route and make her actually kind of support her husband. Um, and not to say she wasn't supporting them before with um, in their daily lives and not say anything about her at all, but to see her realize that Cobra Kai and Kreese doesn't need to go down was uh, it really helped uh, push season three along, I feel like. Yeah, it was definitely a good move. I agree. So my favorite moment of the series. Oh, man. I really love the fight at the end of season two. That that was pretty incredible. Um, It didn't turn out so well for my man, Miguel. But ironically enough, I was just crapping all over the All-Valley and how we're going to settle the score there. But getting to see the All-Valley at the end of season one and seeing how Miguel had progressed and how much Robbie had picked up since he hooked up with LaRusso and getting to see those two in the finals and get to see and getting to re-experience that whole tournament setting with Johnny um, as Johnny and Daniel as the mentors instead of being the participants. And getting to see Johnny... Um, he's been like a, a lot of season one. He's like, no mercy, no mercy, no mercy. He's like really hammering home and getting mm-hmm. to see Johnny have that moment where he sees that, um, Robbie's hurt and he's telling Miguel, he's like, don't cheap shot him because that's what Chris had had him do against Daniel years ago. And even though he ended up losing the tournament, he never felt right about it even back then. And seeing him have that that moment, he's like, don't cheap shot him. Yeah, Miguel cheap shot him and ended up winning the tournament anyway. But getting to see everything kind of culminate with 
with Daniel and Johnny accepting their new roles and then seeing their new protégés kind of duke it out throughout that that final episode, I thought it was really cool. And so I'd say that's probably my favorite moment just off the top of my head. But there's so many moments, to be completely honest. What's nice about it is the generational shift that we see. Because mm-hmm. there, there, there's definitely people who are 80s guys walking around that are exactly like Johnny. <laughs> and that's that's very real. And then seeing them kind of come out of their show a little bit and learn what's happening in the world now and how things have changed and how things are different and whatnot, which is, I mean, which is pretty cool. I think that we all see the generation after ours is somehow being soft yeah, because they had it easier than we did in some capacity. And I think that that's just a common theme throughout life but it's funny because i mean my 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 parents were you know they're they're 70s people right Mm -hmm. so you know like it's 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 just a different vibe their parents were like from world war ii and so they were dealing with these people that survived the great depression that were you know can like raised in a completely different era where different atmosphere at different atmosphere and it's not to say it was like you know we're we're not going to say that there was things like child abuse and stuff like that but it was it, it was common to you know get spanked or you know if you did something that your parents yeah. come after you or yes whatever. absolutely and the, and the way that they that they talked and I mean, you know, this is in movies, this is on in TV, you know? So, I mean, just, you can, you can go back and look at your source materials and watch shows from that day. Well, no, don't watch shows from the fifties because those are all lies. I'm pretty sure that that was not reality. You can watch WandaVision episode one and then you'll get an idea of the fifties. But as, as far as family relationships in those days, it was a completely different thing. And so like, you know, each generation gets a little bit better, a little bit better. And so, you know, I mean, my, my parents were from the seventies and, you know, and we, we, we were, we were eighties kids, eighties, nineties kids. And so, you know, it was, it was, it was a little bit different, but it's funny because, you know, my, I, I'm kind of like the tail end of that whole, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a millennial. I'm like sort of, you know, whatever. Think of me, think of me as your like, think of me as your babysitter. Okay. <laughs> well, just think of me in that capacity. It makes it, makes it better. Right. But, um, you know, so, so some of the millennial stuff and you hear it and you're like, okay. And it, it it's, it's, a, it's a little bit tough to listen to because it does come off as being a little bit soft in some capacities. But then you get to know some of the people and whatnot, and it's it's not it's not so bad, and it's not so far fetched. And it's because people like from my era that had kids didn't like the way their parents talked to them, right? <laughs> Which is like, so they chose to take a different approach. It's and, okay, Timmy. You can you can do this. It's fine. You know. Yeah. You know, mommy's not mad. 
that you drew all over the walls. That's perfectly, you're just expressing yourself. So I feel like maybe parenting from like our, our age group, like me and you are in, it's maybe a little bit different where we see a lot of that softness and there's that everyone gets a trophy mentality, even if it's not factual. Right. We see a lot. Of, and so like it, it makes us have more of a balance. So maybe our kids are sort of some some space in between. They're, they're a mix of so many different upbringings now. Yeah. Because um, so. you, you got your, you got your side where it's like, like you're saying the new age parenting where it's like, you shouldn't scream at your kid. You should sit down and talk to your kid. And then every now and then when they really do something, you're like, you know what? I'm about to snatch you up. <laughs> and that's, that's the way that we are raised, you know? So, well, at least I was raised. <laughs> so uh, it, it's definitely a different, a different culture for sure. So, but it's, it's nice to see both of those cultures being represented and learning from each other instead of having something where it's like pushing your face. Because I know that I've had conversations with my parents about more contemporary things. And my mom's like, nope. No, thank you. But I, you know, my, my mom is a boss. Both of my parents are like awesome. I I love them. Pieces and it's not just because they're my peer that's been I'm shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Melisette, <laughs> right? But what what I love about about my dad is like we, we're having a somewhat contemporary discussion recently, and he's like, "Oh, we're, you know, we're, why why are you saying that to me?" And I was like, "Because like you're the person I can talk to about stuff like that," and I'm not necessarily saying that you know this is something that I've done. I'm just like helping you be aware that, you know, that this is a thing. Right, whatever. these things happen in the world. Yeah, and especially, like, I feel like I'm doing a service because, you know, there's grandkids, and who knows what the grandkids are going to do or oh, what they're going to go into or be like or whatever. So, yeah. like, I feel like it's my job as, you know, I, I, I don't know what you're classifying me as, the contemporary, but I'm more ingrained with the younger culture because of like what I, what I do, but you know, I do mentoring and stuff like that. And I've just come across a lot of younger people because I'm on a lot of social media and it's not a bad thing. So I feel like I'm providing an education and they probably feel like their brain's going to explode (laughs) when I, when I try to like, you know, tell them about these things, which is, you know, that's okay. You know, get, get mad at me or whatever. It's fine. But it's just really nice to see generations learning from each other instead of having it be like, well, in my day, do, 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 do. <laughs> you know, so, and it, and it speaks to us as a society that we've, we've grown and we can have these kind of conversations with our parents and that they can be expressed on television that people can learn and talk about these things. Whereas I think a lot of a, a lot of shows are just more preachy and don't yes. approach things so preachy. In, in yeah, and 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 that's that's tough to see too because preachy is not life. Things happen in life, and as an artist, it's your job to present them in a way that people can relate to. So. And in a weird way, 
Cobra Kai manages to do that. And it can speak to a lot of different eras and a lot of different people. And it's diverse. And I have a feeling at some point we're going to see Daniel getting picked on for cultural appropriation. Right. You would, you would think it's coming. I, I, I think I think it's coming. It, it definitely should be in season four. Especially with the, you know, Hilaria Baldwin controversy. Yeah. You know, uh, and so we'll we'll see what happens with that. But at the same time, I think that there's a lot of respect in there for Asian heritage. Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, which um, is nice to see because, um, you know, my my dad grew up doing international business, and we we had a lot of contact with people from Asia, and growing up, that was very normal thing for me. And so I I feel very close to that culture, even though, you know, I, I, you know, I, I could not do a Hilaria Baldwin at all. <laughs> like but, um, you know, I, I, I love a lot of the Asian cultures. I think that they're wonderful and seeing them expressed on TV is fantastic. I agree. Like when, when Daniel went back to Tokyo, oh. I, I was thinking, I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this business trip real quick and then he'll come back or whatever. But getting to see how they flesh, they actually were like, oh, well, let's take him back to Miyagi's old, old, um, old, uh, I don't want to say town, I guess, like where, where um, Miyagi was from and everything, like from Karate Kid Part 2. Getting to see him do that. And then, of course, bringing back the characters from Karate Kid Part 2. And, of course, him learning more Miyagi do. I, I really appreciated all of the attention to detail that was put into that episode. I thought it was v- very well done. Was it super convenient that uh, that uh, our girl happened to be friends with the um, the fake Toyota people, whatever they call them on the show, and they got their their deal back so they could still sell their vehicles? Yeah, it was pretty convenient, but it was also it kind of felt like Miyagi was looking out for them. So it, it was very cool how they did that. Very cool. So, Miss Melisette, we have spoken at length about all three seasons of Cobra Kai, and I think we've broke down every character. So, Daniel is a, a redeemable bully, for the most part. Johnny is awesome. There's nothing wrong with Johnny. Oh, Johnny's a boss. M- more banquets. Um, shout, out to, <laughs> shout out to Amanda. Miguel, um, I, I love Miguel. Even Miguel when he was is, teetering on the edge in season two of being a, a shithead, he managed to find his way back. And then Miguel's mom. Yeah. Miguel's mom. Yeah, man. Shout out to Robbie. Um, yeah, the abuela is awesome. Um, shout out to Carmen Diaz. Um, I'm also glad real quick, before I get out of here, I'm glad they didn't pivot Johnny right back to Allie. And she was kind of yes. like, Allie was so, like, what, they really gave her so much respect to Allie because Allie was, didn't have a, like she had an episode and she was in the season finale essentially. And they didn't bring her back just to be like, Oh yeah, I'm your, I used to date you both and have Johnny hook up with her. And then all of a sudden she'd be back in the picture or have something weird happen where Daniel hooks up with her for some reason. And oh just, gosh. which would have been really bad. They played that so well. And 
yeah, they had her get so comfy with Johnny where it's like, okay, looks like they're going to make out and everything. And then, of course, she gets the call. And she's like, I got to go. Do you want to come with me? And then kind of stuff the next episode. And then at the end where it's like they had a good night. Again, Johnny and Daniel had a great double date together. That's all they should do is just bring Amanda and just make sure Johnny has a date and they'll get along fine. Um, and then Allie's like, like, who is she? And he's like, oh, well, she's this girl named Carmen. And it's like, I can tell you like her. And, and like, and then Johnny says probably one of the most honest things in the whole series. He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I'm just I'm scared to open up and and everything and really let somebody in because I've been so hurt my entire life for different reasons. And and Allie helped him realize that he wanted to to be with the Trump, really try it with Carmen after it hooked up the episode before. And I thought they were gonna make Johnny be a sleazeball who just hooked up with Allie right after he got with Carmen. And they didn't go that route. And then yeah. they played Allie so well kudos to her for coming back and the attention to detail like i said and then of course johnny goes into miguel's apartment he's like oh carmen i love you and then he sees miguel's all messed up and of course the fight had just happened in the russo's so kudos to kudos to how they portrayed Allie. but i lost my train of thought from where i was going because <laughs> i was making a big point that i got sidetracked like two times the, the, i was wrapping it up um Oh yeah, so I was I was saying, just just how perfect the show is, and it's it's amazing how accessible they made it to. Because I feel like kids today, if they start watching Cobra Kai, they don't need to have the knowledge of the previous Karate Kid movies. Us, of course, wanting to be those gatekeepers, want to be like, well, you got to watch all three Karate Kid movies and uh and the next Karate Kid, and you might want to throw in Jaden Smith's Karate Kid, but we're not going. We don't gatekeep around here. We don't do that hyphen podcast group. So no, you don't have to watch them. We'll, no. we'll do that for you, and then we'll just talk about it. So exactly. we'll save you a lot of time. So save you a lot of time and uh, money because. Most of these things aren't available for free streaming. That'd be a lot of Amazon money. You're not paying the Jeff Bezos because he stepped down, supposedly. And if they are free, there's a lot of commercials. Yes, a lot of commercials. Uh, but I I can find no faults with this show, honestly. It's one I fell in love with it immediately. And I was real worried about it, too, when I started it. When I first heard about it, because I was like, this is going to be crappy. Like, it's going to be... I didn't even know it was going to be. I knew that Johnny and Daniel were in it, but I, I just really thought that they were going to <sighs> drop the ball. And so far, they have not dropped the ball. I've just been continuously impressed by Karate, by Cobra, by Karate Kai, by Cobra Kai. Karate Kai. And don't forget, Will Smith is one of the producers. I know. That's why I'm, I have this feeling that if Jaden decides he wants to act again, because Jaden's more worried about, and shout out to Jaden for his water company. That's a great thing, but he just wants to do the water company thing and kind of make music now. And you know, Jaden, we need you, buddy. Come on, it's okay. You'll you'll be everybody's hero. If we just get Jackie, though, we could get Jackie in season four, couldn't we? Maybe. And anything that anything's possible. I think Kevin Garnett said that once. So anything is completely possible. Oh, Kevin Garnett. I, I knew you'd respect that uh, name drop. <laughs> anything else that you want to say about Cobra Kai before we uh, wrap things up and get out of here? Um, no, I mean, I was just going to pick on Marcus for not watching it. 
Yeah, call, call him out right here in the squared circle. He's he's not going to watch it because Mar- Marcus watches his movies and he mm-hmm. watches Game of Thrones four million times. And he won't even watch the second season of Mandalorian. And I can't say anything because I haven't watched any Mandalorian. That's just because I'm lazy. I'll admit that. the Baby Yoda show in this house. Well, that, that is, that's true. You know, whatever it takes to get the kids involved. Yeah, very true. Um, but Marcus likes what Marcus likes. And if you don't, and he hates kids' movies and he hates comic books. <laughs> so I'm just happy that we agree on most of the things that we try to cover together and that uh, honestly, that he does so much work and he, he's yeah. uh, that he uh, is such an inspiration to me on a daily basis and he doesn't even realize it. So that's the honest truth about Marcus. Oh, Marcus rules. Yeah, Marcus. Right. As does everybody in the Hype and Podcast group. Shout out to everybody. Everybody here works their tails off, which is unbelievable. Every single person works their tails off. Speaking of working your tail off, Miss Instagram, like, I don't know why you said yes to running the Instagram account because I'm literally texting you like the night before pod drops. I'm like, I need you to make this. And then you're like, I'll do it in the morning. And then sure enough, you come up with it. And then Marcus is texting you like six hours for the pod drop. He's like, sorry, so late. Uh, this drops it in two hours. I need this. <laughs> and no, Marcus didn't really do that. But even yeah. even when you have no input and it's like a random Sunday and then how what's the bus all drop? I'm like, hey, they dropped an episode whenever you get a chance. And you just do so much and you you remember birthdays and you're doing Black History Month post and everything <laughs> else. Like you that you was... are incredible. And not to mention oh, thank bringing you. together bringing together the Christmas Carol episode. Well, doing the legwork for it. I just did all the editing. And then Oh, thank you for that. That was a lot. It it was the editing wasn't that bad, honestly. Like it took me a while to listen to everything. I was listening to everybody two times fast to kind of get through quicker. But a <laughs> lot of people edited their stuff beforehand. So there's only a couple people I had to edit. I'd edit mine, of course. And after that, everything was smooth sailing and then getting it posted. So I tell you, I, the Black History Month is so much fun. It, it, it is. It's a lot of really fun content. You know, and then like being be, be, being able to give you that because I, I I did that last year for Isle of Pow mm-hmm. with the with the video, and I got them the, I got them a shout out yeah to celebrate Black History Month. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you for the Godfather. Oh my God, yeah, I almost let so, you go without saying oh, yeah, anything no, no, about this, the Godfather. Yeah, la- last year it was um, is it Coco Beware? Yeah, you you got that for Alapal last year. It was for very Alapal cool. last year. You know, th- this year since it's like the whole hyphen group, it's like okay, well, here get get gotta do something kind of special, and we got the Russell Cast Power Hour now, and that's very near and dear to my heart. Even though I'm not involved, I'm just so happy about oh, it. Because- oh, you will you will definitely be on an episode very soon. <laughs> I I just love that. You guys finally went there with the wrestling podcast. It's been talked about for so long in the background. And yeah, I'm just over here in the corner, you know, watching. Like, <laughs> like normal. And it's like, you know, maybe I can will this into existence because it needs to happen. These are the perfect individuals to have a wrestling podcast. But, um, yeah. So I, I wanted to do something special for everybody since, you know, they've been working hard. And we really yeah, 
And then I knew that there was not an ad yet for WrestleCast Power Hour. So I was like, I got to do something, you know, and, and it's Black History Month. What can I do? What can I do? I was racking my brain. And so I, I got on and th- there it was the Godfather, the legend. The legend. Oh Charles Wright. In all his glory, man. Oh. And I, f- I followed him on Instagram because I'm, I'm ashamed to admit I wasn't following him on Instagram before. <laughs> I didn't mean to do it. I just didn't. Re- like, you know, like you don't think about people so having social media. And all my man does is smoke weed on there. <laughs> That's all he does. I love it. I love it, man. I'm like, dang, Godfather. Must be good. Pimping yeah. is easy. You know what's a, what's funny is like that's like he, he's had quite a legacy. And it's really strange to think about because you know he he's such a symbol to to everyone who's a fan, right? We don't think about what he's gone through in his career to get to where he got. <laughs> You know, and there, there's, there's so many things. And like, I, I even thought about it for a second when, when I placed the order, because, you know, there's, there's that whole thing with, you know, it it, is, I don't even know how to put it into words, but with like, you know, this, this, this stereotype involved and, you know, how do people feel about that? Yeah. 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 Which is tough. You know what? This this is an, a very accomplished person who did a lot and is in the Hall of Fame. Yes, and they did what they had to do to get there. You know, and he made the it, most of that gimmick. He really did. And he he owned that gimmick, and we we all know that you know a lot a lot of people did not get very good gimmicks, and they were kind of pigeonholed into something that they did not want to do, but this is what he had to do to have a career and to work for the company. So they did it, you know, and I mean, you can look back through time at a lot of gimmicks and really cringeworthy things and can shake your head because, you know, you can, you can say different era and you know what, there's, there's some truth to that. Even, even reading old books, Sometimes I'll read something in classic literature and I'll cringe at it. But that's because we just, we know more about things than we did in those days. And (laughs) know not to make those mistakes anymore. Absolutely not. So, but Charles Wright is just, wow. Yeah, I, I, he came on there and he's like, he's like, so Melisette wanted me to wish everyone a hyphen pot. I was like, oh my God. And then when he said, and there's a new show called The Rat. And then he said, Handsome Bane and Be Hyphen. I, I could have, I could have cried, man. That was, that was well, amazing, I, man. I lost it at the very end when he invited everyone from the hyphen podcast group to climb upon the whole tree. I know. I know. <laughs> Something I've always wanted, always wanted that opportunity. Yep. And now I gotta I gotta invite to the to the cookout essentially to the Ho Train cookouts. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, people picked on the hoes saying, Oh, you know, they consider themselves models, but you know what? They they served a purpose. They did <laughs> their job. They did. They certainly did. Got more teenagers to watch the product. That's what it was. <laughs> Teenage That's boys. True. You know, because it, it it's funny because um I was I was talking to Ro Rockwell about it and 
Ro was saying that he used to get in trouble for watching. <laughs> it's like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense that you'd be in trouble for watching that because that whole era was yeah. very iffy, very racy. But it um, was so good. <laughs> my dad, actually, my parents would both get on me even in my in my teenage years for watching The Simpsons sometimes. But my dad never had a problem with me seeing anything during the Attitude Era. And they got wild. They got, they got pretty it. wild. It's so. funny because Attitude Era was around the time I was doing some things in the wrestling world. And I was like an embarrassment to my family. And nobody ever talked about it. And it was like the family's dirty little secret that I was Wow. It could have been way worse. could have been way worse. <laughs> because it, it just had like... At the time, it was like you, you know, that was the worst thing you could you could do because it was considered such trash in that time, wow. you know. But it's, but it's it's not like that anymore, and oh, we can look back at it. And there, there's so many wrestling errors that you can look back at and observe, and mm-hmm. so many good ones. Oh. But, but, but you got to stop because we you got to save your wrestling stories for Rasslecast. <laughs> So oh, you, yeah. You, if I if I if you spill all the beans on here, Eric's just going Eric's just be like, well, why don't you just cut up your interview and put it out as Rasselcast? You no, gotta save that for when, when all three of us are together. Anything. I know you haven't. I'm I'm stopping you now. Yes. I know you're about I feel like you're you're on the edge on the no, cusp. I actually have to work tomorrow and I have to go to bed. So Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. So with all that being said, Melissa, um do you want to tell them real quick about season two of A Frightful Fret with Melisette? Season two of A Frightful Fret with Melisette is in pre-production, and we are covering the book Dracula, and we're yes. going to have more interviews this season, which we did a little bit of last year, but are in season one. But this year we're going to we're going to incorporate more of those. Nice. And try to try to keep it fun, and I'm going to have more special features and. There could possibly be more YouTube involvement. That's a work in progress. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to be having a contest when season two launches. So be sure to check the Hyphen Podcast Group social media and Melisette's social media. There will be announcements for that as it comes up. And there's going to be merchandise. And we're we're just going to have fun because it's all about fun. And you might learn something. You could not learn something if you choose not to, and that's fine too. Just come along for the ride. We just love to have you, so join us. Yes, please do because you do such a wonderful job of that show. And thanks for having me on as a guest reader and me reading a bunch of big words that I'd never heard of and trying to pronounce them correctly. So that was that was awesome. Um, Best real ever. Christmas. Your... Oh, stop! <laughs> Christmas Carol wasn't so bad. There's only a couple. But I, I swear I was trying to read that Frankenstein. I'm trying to be all dramatic. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave up by the fourth episode. I used to do this whole like pre-episode read through and I would look up every word, make sure I had the right pronunciation. And eventually I just stopped because it's like, this is taking too much time. Right. You're just, you just want to read the read. book. You just want to get, get to get to read the story and then get it to the listeners. So I understand. If you want to be a snob and pick on me for my mispronunciations? I don't care. That's fine. You you Go can even them. use that as a tagline now. You'd be like, I like some of you are here for the mispronunciations. That's fine. You're gonna get and, them, and we're You're going like- to have a good time. That works for me. So 
thank you so much for coming on here and talking about Karate Kai with me. (laughs) Shout out to my man, Johnny Lawrence. Um, I'm just, I never thought that I'd see this day there where we'd be talking about Karate Kid in 2021 and talking about new Karate Kid content. So what a time to be alive, literally. (laughs) What a time without mentioning anything else going in the world. What a time. Civilization has been in existence for thousands and thousands of years, but this is the time we were born. This is when we exist in the same era as Cobra Kai. If that's not a reason to be grateful, then I don't know what is. And there's no better way I can think of to end the episode. So again, thank you so much. You've been great. Thank you. Can't wait to have you on Rasslecast or on another time to talk about WandaVision. Maybe we'll do that here in a few months oh, or so. Yes. Marcus had to rewatch Captain Marvel. Hey, I still stand by Captain Marvel. I think it's a good movie. But, but I agree with y'all that there's plenty of stuff wrong with it. And the way that Brie Larson has portray- was portrayed, portray Captain Marvel, not the best representation. But I do like Captain Marvel. I don't feel bad. I don't have to watch it anymore because... Cat and Mark watched it. There you and go. That's everything they had to say. So I, I feel good about that. I agree. <laughs> it's a good choice on your part. But before I keep you much longer, so I say all that to say this. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, y'all. You've been listening to Barack Obama Approved, world's greatest podcast, hosted by Kellen Conley and his semi-regular co-host, Marcus Schoen Mad Love Robinson. Find Kellen on Twitter and Twitch at B hyphen, Instagram at ZB hyphen, on Facebook at hyphen universe, same for YouTube. Follow Marcus on Twitter at Show Mad Love, S-A-O-W-I-N-M-A-D-L-O-V. Email the show at B hyphen at gmail.com. Music by No Name Tim. This has been a production of hyphen podcast group, hyphen podcast group.com or hyphen universe.com. Have a good rest of your day, everybody, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week or weekend. Thanks, y'all. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?